If you'll look with us tonight in Acts chapter number 8, and uh, I was praying about God, what God would have me to preach, and you preachers will understand this. I had four or five uh, uh, new messages, as far as you know, new to me, not new uh, to anybody else, but the Lord had given me. And I was praying about what to preach on, and God brought this message to my heart. It's an old message I hadn't preached in a long, long time. Uh, but God spoke to me right over there a few minutes ago and said, I want you to preach this tonight. I don't know who needs it, but I'm glad the Holy Ghost knows everything tonight. Amen. So if you're able to stand with us tonight in reverence to the Word of God in prayer, we'll be very respectful uh, to the time and the, the singing and the man of God that will be coming after us. We ask you to pray with us and for us. Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 5. The Bible says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. The people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsy, and that, and that were lame and were healed. Notice verse number 26. The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Let's go to God in prayer, then you can be seated. Our dear, loving, heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence once again tonight, Lord, as we approach the throne of grace and mercy, we do come in Jesus' name. God, I want to thank you for the good spirit of God that we feel in this place tonight, the liberty to worship and the liberty, God, to preach your word. I pray now that, Lord, you would anoint these lips of clay. Help us, Lord, not to say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that we'd be sensitive. God, may you do that work that needs to be done. I pray the spirit of God, Lord, would move up and down the aisles of this tabernacle tonight and speak to every heart, Lord, in an individual basis. I pray you'd bind the devil and any foul spirit or any hindering spirit that would hinder the working of thy spirit. God, I pray tonight you'd help us, Lord, to be obedient, not just to be hearers, but God, may we be doers of the word. Lord, may we see no man save Jesus only. We'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated. I want to draw your attention here in just a moment to verse number 26, but I'm interested tonight in this man the Bible talks about here in our text uh, by the name of Philip. And you know the story of uh, uh, Philip the evangelist. He goes down to Samaria in Acts chapter 8 and verse number 5, and he preaches and revival breaks out in Samaria. As we've read here tonight, many great things are happening uh, within this text. I think about the Bible says in verse number 5 that he preached Christ unto them, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those, uh, those things which Philip spake. Isn't that wonderful uh, that the man of God preached Jesus uh, and the people of God listened and gave heed to the Word of God? And my friend, that is the recipe for anybody to have real revival. Amen? Uh, but I do not want to overlook the fact that this revival, I believe, was restarted because of a woman that we read about in John chapter number 4 that was sitting at the well one day when Jesus, or when Jesus was sitting at the well one day when she came by. And Jesus this woman in the Bible said that she went into the, uh, Samaria and she said, Come see a man which uh, uh, so told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And then ten verses later, the Bible said many other Samaritans of that city believed on because of the testimony of the woman. Amen. And so we have Jesus wins this woman at the well. She goes back to her hometown, the first missionary to Samaria, and she tells them about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and people get saved. Amen. 
it and that opened an entrance to the gospel and Philip comes in and he preaches and boy I tell you revival begins to break out in Samaria but then all of a sudden God begins to do the unusual notice our text verse number 26 the Bible said that the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip saying arise and go toward the south that's always a good direction amen by the way the Bible said to go south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza notice this phrase here which is desert amen now isn't it interesting tonight brother John that here's Philip and he's preaching in Samaria and revival has broken out God is doing great things and in the midst of that revival the spirit of God speaks to him and says I want you to go down to Gaza I want you to leave this very fruitful this very blessed place that you're in and I want you to go out into the desert amen now I want to tell you when I think about that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me Brother, when I think about a desert, uh, you know what a desert is tonight. We don't have to expound that very much. Uh, uh, but just for sake of introduction, let me say just a few things about a desert. Uh, perhaps somebody may be here tonight and be in one. You say, well, preacher, what is a desert? Well, I want to say a desert is a hot place. Amen. Uh, brother, a, a desert is a place where the heat gets turned up. Uh, can I just stop and say there's been some times in my life uh, when I felt like God took me out of the fruitful place uh, and God put me in a very hot place. He put me in a desert. Amen. And then I can I say tonight a desert is not only a hot place, but a desert is a hard place. Amen. There's not too many people standing in line to go to the desert. Amen. They're not building resorts out in the desert tonight. Hey, they're not building condominiums out in the desert tonight. My friend, there's more people living without the desert than what there is within the desert. You say, what, preacher? The desert is a very hard place. Amen. There's a lot of things that dies in the desert. The desert is a hazardous place. Not everything and everybody that goes in the desert makes it out of the desert. And can I tell you tonight, there's been some times uh, when God has led every one of us uh, uh, through the desert places in this life. Uh, every one of us that's been saved any length of time can testify. Perhaps there are many even here tonight uh, under this tabernacle that could say, Preacher, I feel like I'm in a hot place. Uh, maybe there's some pastor in a hot seat tonight. Uh, uh, maybe there's some uh, a church member tonight that said, Preacher, I feel like uh, I'm in a hard place. I'm trying to serve God. I'm trying to do my best to live for Jesus. Uh, but it's just real hard. I feel like I'm in a desert tonight, amen. You might be here tonight and say, Preacher, I feel like I'm in a hazardous place. I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to serve Jesus by the thing where God has got me at at this point in my life. I feel like it's about to kill me. Can I say tonight the desert's a humbling place? There's no glory in the desert. They's, listen, there's nobody hardly going to find you or see you if you're in the desert. Brother, I'm telling you, I don't know, I'm not an authority on this subject tonight, but I can testify of some places in my life when I felt like for whatever reason only known to God, that God put me in the hot seat. He put me in a very hard place. He put me in a very hazardous place. It was very dangerous. I felt like God put me in a very humbling place. It wasn't a place that brought any fame. It wasn't a place that brought any glory. You may be there tonight. I'm telling you, the desert is a humbling place. Amen. In fact, the only person that will really see you in the desert is God. Can I tell you tonight, the only way to get out of the desert, you've got to keep walking. 
You might be here tonight and say, Preacher, I'm in a desert place. I'm just about ready to throw my hands up and quit. Can I tell you, if you sit down in the desert, I promise you this much, you will die in the desert. Amen. And my friend a lot of casualties tonight that every one of us could testify about preachers and members alike uh, my friend that are out they're no longer with us tonight all because my friend they sat down in the midst of a hard or a hot or a hazardous place uh, my friend the humility my friend they could not take it uh, uh, my friend pride got the best of them and they're out of it tonight amen but can I tell you something else about the desert that is positive the desert is a holy place. For God does dwell in the desert. I got some good news for you tonight. If you feel like you're in the hot seat, if you feel like you're in a hazardous place, if you feel like you're lower than the carpet tonight, if you feel like you're a God that's just brought you down and shelled you down to nothing and nobody knows where you're at and nobody sees where you are, I got some good news for you tonight. Uh, the same God that lives on the mountain and the same God that lives in the valley is the same God tonight uh, that walks through the desert, amen. For God is the God of the desert, hallelujah. I'm glad that when God sent Philip out in the desert, he wasn't sending him out there by himself. But God went with Philip in the desert, amen. I want to preach a few minutes on this thought on what you'll find in a desert, amen. What you'll find in a desert. I began to read this text one day and the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart when I got to that little phrase, which is desert. And God said, you need to look very closely in the next few verses and you need to see what Philip found in this desert. Can I just be honest with you? Why, if I'd have been Philip, I'd probably had a deep discussion with God about this. I'd have really questioned the Lord's will concerning this thought. I would have said, now God, are you really sure you want me to leave this good revival? Are you really sure you want me to leave this good camp meeting? Why, well, thank God for this atmosphere tonight, don't you? Uh, but can I remind you tonight in just a little while, we'll turn the lights off in this place uh, and we'll go back to our separate ways. Uh, and I want to tell you, my friend, every day is not like camp meeting. And I thank God for camp meeting. I thank God for what He can do. But you can't live from week to week in camp meeting. Uh, but my friend, thank God for this time. And you better get in while you got time to get in. But I'm here to tell you tonight, when you and I leave, some of you tonight are going back to the desert. I've been there. I've left these meetings before. And I've got in my car and I've started and I've said to myself, Oh Lord, I don't want to leave this place. But I'm glad that when you get there, there is some things you can find in the desert. Philip didn't argue with God, he just went. And can I tell you where God leads us? I think of that old that he said some through the waters and some through the flood and some through the fire but thank God all through the blood amen God leads his dear children alone and can I tell you you cannot live for God without trotting the desert somewhere in your life thank God he'll let us go on the mountain he'll be with us through the valley but there's going to be times when God is going to lead us through barrenness there's going to be times when God is going to lead us through unfruitfulness he's going to lead us through some hot and some hard places he's going to take us us through the desert, amen. You say, preacher, why would God send me in a desert? Because there's some things that you can find in the desert. 
You say, what are they? Look with me in verse number 27. I want to say the first thing that Philip found in a desert. We find in verse number 27, he finds a sinner in the desert. The Bible said in verse 27, And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, amen, the Bible said of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. I want to tell you, my friend, the first thing that Philip bumps into, uh, Brother John, when he gets out in this desert, is he finds a sinner, amen. In fact, he doesn't find the brethren. He doesn't find a church. Uh, he doesn't find the camp meeting. Uh, he doesn't find the quartet. He doesn't find the choir. I tell you about it, what he did find. Uh, he found the heartbeat of God. Uh, he found a sinner amen that needed to be saved. Amen. Can I remind you tonight I thank God for camp meeting. Uh, but when we leave here, uh, the heartbeat of God is not changed. Uh, my friend, he leads us along in this life uh, that we might find some sinners along the way. You see, the truth is the world's not coming here. This is for us tonight. Boy, how we need these, these kind of meetings in these days. How we need this kind of atmosphere. Well, I'm telling you, God, I believe is raising up some meetings like this. Uh, and by the way, can I say this? Uh, you can't just go start a meeting like this. Uh, you can't say, well, I might rent this thing next week. Well, you got to be out of your mind. Amen? Uh, listen, God has to birth a meeting. Amen? And brother, I believe God has done that this week. Uh, uh, but can I tell you something? Uh, when we leave, my friend, the world is not coming to this meeting. Uh, we've got to go where they're at, they're, they are tonight. And that means that sometimes... Uh, we got to get in some hard places, amen. We got to get in some hazardous places. That means we've got to go to some places that nobody else wants to go to. I believe tonight, I, listen, I believe tonight the heartbeat of God is bringing people to the foot of the cross. I believe we ought to give the world evangelism. I believe we ought to give our money, amen, to missions uh, so that people can go where we cannot go. But while we give to missions, I believe we ought to pass out tracts. I believe we ought to knock on doors. I, I believe we ought to sow the gospel. I free and I, that's still good preaching even in camp meeting, amen. I, I'm telling you, I believe we ought to tell somebody every single day of our life what Jesus has done done for us. Amen. You'll never preach the gospel to the wrong person. You'll never offend God by taking time out of your schedule to tell a sinner about Jesus. God had one focus in mind for Philip and that tells us in verse number 27 that God is interested in that one. That there's value in that one person. I want to tell you every person is significant to God. God wants to win every sinner. He wants to reach every man, woman, boy and girl regardless of their creed, their color, their background, whether they be free or bond, whether they be wise or unwise, whether they be rich or poor, whether they're young or old, educated or uneducated. I'm telling you, He loves the red, yellow, black or white. They're all precious in His sight. God is interested in telling sinners about Jesus tonight. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And there Jesus and Moses and Elijah was in all their glory. And my friend, can you imagine being on the Mount of Transfiguration and seeing what they saw? 
And my friend, while the disciples were asleep, those two patriarchs and Christ Himself spoke about Calvary, had a discussion. Wouldn't you have liked to have heard that? Amen. I believe there was a reason. I'll not go into that. But I believe there was a reason why they discussed Calvary. Because they would come a day, thank God, when they'll preach Calvary once again. And they'll preach Jesus once again. But I want to tell you tonight, my friend, when they come down off that mountain, I'm reminded that there was a man there that had a son that had a need that nobody could meet. And he brought that boy to Jesus. And my friend, he fell down wallowing, the Bible said. And that man cried out to the Lord. And he said, Lord, would you help us? Amen. He said, Jesus said, if you believe. He said, it's possible. I like what this man said. He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Amen. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying when they come off that mountain of glory, there was a need at the bottom of that hill. The greatest tragedy of any count meeting is that we would take what God has let us have here and bottle it up within ourselves and go home and do nothing with what we have enjoyed. I'm telling you the purpose of this tonight is to get challenged, is to get charged up, that we might go out and do something for the glory of God. I'm telling you, my friend, it ought to be on our heart to win somebody to Jesus. You ought to tell your friends, your neighbors, your family members. You ought to tell those that you work with, those that you buy groceries from. I'm telling you, my friend, we ought to constantly have a burden for people dying and going to hell. I'm telling you, when when Philip got in this desert, he found a sinner in the desert. You know what else that tells me tonight? It tells me that sinners are everywhere. That there's no place that we can't go that we won't find a sinner. Oh, would to God tonight we could just get conscience of sinners around us. I'm telling you, you say, but preacher, you don't understand. And I'm going through this desert place. You don't understand this. That the things that we go through in life, it'll be a great day in your life when it sinks in that the reason God sometimes sends us through hard times doesn't have anything to do with us. It may have something to do with somebody else. And my friend, we're to live for God and rejoice in the hard times because it may be about somebody else. Say, if you're in the desert tonight, it's so easy to ask, Lord, why me? But why not me? It may be that the only person I can reach, this, this, the only person, or maybe it may be that the person that needs to be reached, and I say it like that, can only be reached if you and I go through what we're going through tonight. I'm saying this, that Philip would have never found that man had he not been in that place. Secondly, tonight, not only did he find the sinner in the desert, but notice in verse number 32, and I like this, he found the Scriptures in the desert. The Bible says in verse number 32, and the place of the Scripture which he read was this. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Brother John. If you're on the mountaintop, sometimes you may not think too much about how important and how precious that Bible is. And I tell you, even sometimes down in the valley, if you're not careful, you may forget how important the Word of God is. But can I stop and say this? If you ever get in a hard place, if you ever get in a hot place, if you ever find yourself in a hazardous place, my friend, when you feel like you're all by yourself and there's nobody else around, I'll tell you one of the things that'll be 
become most precious to your heart, one of the things that will become dearest to your soul will be the precious Word of God. And can I tell you tonight, I am so thankful that even in the hard times, even in the hot times, I'm so thankful tonight that I've still got a copy of the Word of God. I praise God tonight for the Scriptures are still in the desert. Amen. Oh, I may just take a lap myself right now. I'm going to tell you, I've been in one, praise God, when the only thing I could cling to was this blessed old book tonight. But thank God I still found a word from God in the desert. Amen. You say, preacher... I can't find my way tonight. A preacher, it's so hot. It's so hard where I'm at. I don't know which way to go. I'll tell you where to dive in at tonight. I'll tell you a place of comfort. I'll tell you a place of rest. I'll tell you an oasis in your desert. It's in your King James Bible. It'll help you when nothing else will. It'll feed you when nothing else will. I say, praise God. He found the scriptures in the desert. Amen. I remember, I remember a Sunday that was very dark in my ministry. wasn't a church problem. I remember two or three. And I remember going to my with my wife to church one Sunday morning. Her heart was broke. And on our way to church, she said, "What are we going to do?" I said, "I tell you what, we're going to do. We're going to do the same thing we did last Sunday, and the same thing we did Sunday before that." I said, "Cause God hadn't changed." And he's still worthy to be praised. I said, I'll pray for you and you pray for me. I'll tell you, we got in that car and we prayed together and we went to church that morning. And Brother Fraser, in my heart, I was trying to be strong. I'll tell you, I was weak as water that morning. I went to the pulpit and I said, Dear God, I don't even have a burden to preach this morning. I'm only preaching because I have to. I said, God, you're going to have to help me. Can I tell you something? I opened up scriptures that morning. God said, Just take this little verse and just hammer it a little bit. And Brother Phil Beck, I got to preaching. I don't know what was happening on that. But the more I preached, the better I felt. Amen. And the more I better I felt, the better they felt. I tell you what God did. He just dug out an oasis right there. Well, praise God. He just dug out an oasis right there in the desert. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! God knows how to dig a well. God knows how to dig a watering hole in the hard times of life. And it's in your Bible. Amen. It's in your Bible. Everything we have, everything we believe, everything we are tonight is all because of the Word of God. He found the Scriptures in the desert. Then can I say tonight, look at verse 29. You say, what did he find in the desert? He found the Spirit in the desert. Notice what the Bible said in verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chair. Boy, I tell you, it sure was a good day in Philip's life, preacher. When he got out in the middle of nowhere, and the only person he ran into was a black man. 
And he doesn't know what he's doing. And the Holy Ghost spoke to him. I well, don't you know that startled Philip when God said, Go out in the desert. I can see old Philip in my mind. He's a walking out there. The sun's a beating down on his head. He doesn't see anything or anybody. He feels like a fool. The devil's on his back and said, You're, you're a miserable wretch. You left that meeting. You're out here all by yourself. God can't be in where you're at. God isn't going to do anything where you're at. Has the devil ever told you that? You're out here all by yourself. You're going to die in this desert place. You know what old Philip does? He just keeps on a walking. Amen. He just keeps on a marching. He just got orders from heaven. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know where he's at. But he's just a following them orders. And he's walking in that desert place. Amen. And all of a sudden, the Spirit speaks to him. Boy, I tell you, when the Holy Ghost speaks to you in the dry times of your Christian life, I'm telling you, it's like God just throwing you in a big old watering hole in the middle of a hot day. It's so refreshing to your soul. Have you ever went to church uh, and you felt like you hadn't heard from God in ages uh, and you didn't know where you sat and all of a sudden right in the middle of that message uh, or in the middle of that song, uh, I mean, God just sat down on the pew next to you and He spoke to your heart. Uh, oh, it'll thrill your soul. Uh, and you start shouting uh, and nobody else knows what you're shouting about. Uh, just you. God knows all about it. The Spirit was in the desert. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm simply saying this, that even in the hot, the hard, the hazardous, the humbling times, God hadn't left you. You may not see a whole lot of fruit going on right now. You just hang on. He'll talk to you just enough. To let you know he's still there with you. And the Spirit said, Go get in a chariot with that black man. He walks up in that chariot, and to his surprise, there's the Word of God. You've got the sinner, you've got the Spirit, you've got the Scriptures. The business is starting to pick up in the desert. We find here in verse number 37 that not only does Philip see these things, but I tell you what he found in verse 37. He found the salvation of the Lord in the desert. He opens his mouth in verse 35, and the Bible said he began at the same Scripture. Look what he said in verse 35. He preached unto him Jesus. Boy, I tell you, the kind of preacher, Brother Philbeck, I like to hear is the ones that can preach in the desert. Amen. I wouldn't give you a dime for one that can just preach at camp meeting. I wouldn't give you a dime for the ones that just preaches when the glory's home. I tell you, the real preacher, amen, that God man makes uh, is that man that pulls that load uh, in the hard times and in the hard times. Hey, preacher, can I tell you something? Uh, God's going to let you pull, amen, when it seems like you're pulling all by yourself. Uh, every now and then, God will get you somewhere. So he'll pull the reins off and he'll lift the load. He'll let turn you loose for just a little while. I tell you, Philip preached unto this man. And guess what? In verse 37, he said, If thou believest, amen, with all thine heart, thou mayest. And look what he said. He answered and he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. Woo! Woo! I say Hallelujah! That's a pretty good statement tonight. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I just want to go on record with that man tonight and say that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God tonight. Amen. And I believe right there in that little chariot, 
God built a sanctuary in that chariot. That man got saved, amen. And the salvation of the Lord just showed up. You never know when God's going to show up and save somebody. Isn't it amazing? You can be in church and it can be dead in a hammer. And the choir leader can look over at you and say, I'm praying for you. Brother Michael, when the choir leader says he's praying for you, you're in a desert, amen. I'm just being honest with you. When that choir leader leads two or three numbers and he looks at you and he's, oh, Brother David, he looks at me and he says, I'm praying for you this morning. I know when I get him praying for me on Sunday, I'm in a desert place. Amen. I tell you preachers know what I'm talking about. You can get him to go to preaching and it's like you're preaching to concrete. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, it seems like you're trying to apply a field of concrete. Nothing's happening. Boy, you can just preach your guts out and not see God doing anything. It seems like God's moving nowhere so, and you wonder what's going to happen and you're just ready to go to the house but you begin to give that invitation and that lady begins to hit those ivory keys and all of a sudden uh, my friend the Holy Ghost shows up uh, and a sinner gets under conviction and walks the aisle and gets gloriously saved uh, you know what will happen uh, people will leave that building uh, and they'll start talking about how good that service was amen and nobody remembers what happened before because when God saves old sinners it makes all the difference in the world. We had a lady get saved down on the corner from our church. She's a modern-day Mary Magdalene. I'm telling you, listen, I believe she was demon-possessed. We tried to witness to her. We tried to tell her about the Lord. She had done drugs and alcohol so many years. It burned out her mind. You try to witness to her, and while we'd try to talk to her, she'd just begin to say something. It wouldn't even make sense what she was talking about. She was out of her mind. And we would try to witness to her. And I remember she would torment the church, and she would wreak havoc on the church. One time we was having service, and she opened the door up, and she let a cat loose in the service. Boy, you talk about business picking up in a Baptist church. Amen. I saw people moving I had never seen move. I, I had my glasses is off. I, I thought Brother Phil Beck God was really doing something unusual. Amen. Somebody picked that cat up and took it out. But I tell you, this lady did everything she could to try to torment the church. And I remember where we would pull out, pull to the edge of the road. Her house was right there on the corner. Men would come and go all day long. She was sitting on two cinder blocks and I pulled up one Sunday morning to the stop sign and I seen her sitting on them two cinder blocks. Her eyes were all washed out. She was sitting there just half clothed, just skinny as a rail. She looked at me and she smiled and she kindly waved and when she did, it broke my heart. I said, God, I said, we can't even win her. She's going to hell. Clutches of sin, the chains of sin is so bound to her. God, there's nothing we can do. We've done everything we can. And the Lord said, you can go back tonight and pray for her. I went back to church that night and I asked the church, I said, I don't know what it would take this. It'd just take God. But I said, let's start praying for this lady. About three months went by. We was having our meeting and she come in on a Wednesday night. And I tell you, I'll be honest with you. When you have these kind of meetings, you know, it's just our nature. We want everything to go right. She showed up that night dressed in full leather. I mean, she come in, looked like she'd come out of a biker gang. She'd come in that night, sit on about the third row from the back, run a whole row of people off. While people were shouting, she was making all these kind of devil signs at me up there. I tell you, I thought, man, this thing's just going to get plumb out of hand. She run about people off and she left. Come back the next night, did the same thing, acting all crazy in the back of the church. One of the men had to watch her. And I'll tell you, I thought to myself, Lord, what am I going to do? God said, just let her come.
She came Sunday morning. Nothing happened. She come in Sunday night. She was, brother, she come in. She had a dress and a blouse on. She come in. She's carrying a little orange Gideon's New Testament. She walked in. I can see her. She walked in, come down the aisle, said about halfway the choir was singing, and the Lord said, go back there and talk to her. I went back and I said, Manette, I said, I don't know if you even understand what I'm going to say, but I said, do you know why you're coming? And for the first time, she looked up at me with tears running down both sides of her face. She said, I'm tormented. She said, I want peace. I want peace. Uh, God opened her mind that night. I'm telling you, if I ever seen a miracle in my life, I seen one right then. I started back down that aisle and the Holy Ghost said, that's what you're preaching on tonight. How to have peace. Preached seven minutes. Gave the invitation. I said, if you're here tonight and you're lost and you want peace, you know that you need to be saved, would you come? Man, she shot out of that pew. She ran down there and she got saved that night. I'm telling you, God saved her, rescued her, thank God. She got up and she said, I want to tell the whole church. She said, I know y'all know I'm crazy. I've been crazy for years. This is what she said. She said, but I'm in my right mind tonight. And she said, God just saved me, amen. Hey, that's been five years ago. She sings in the choir every Sunday. How to tell you, my God can save the uttermost tonight, amen. About six months later, about six months later, her husband come in one says Thanksgiving. He walked in, man, people got excited. They started bumping each other. Said, oh, Butch is here this morning. Butch has been, he runs a drug ring and sells drugs, you know. And uh, he said that the, 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 the law was trying to catch him and everything. He said, oh, Butch is here this morning. Boy, we started praying for Butch. Uh, he come for four Sundays and nothing happened. And I tell you, on Christmas, uh, the Sunday before Christmas, oh, Butch, uh, I, he come in that morning. I said, God, please help us. Uh, I didn't even get to preach that morning. The presence of God showed up. Oh, Butch was sitting back there just a bomb. And like a baby, thank God. I knew God had him hemmed up. I'm telling you, listen about a third song, amen. Oh, Butch come out of that aisle. He come down there and he fell in the altar. And here's what he said. He said, preacher, I don't know what my wife's got. He said, but she's a brand new person. And he said, can I get whatever she's got? Woo, praise God. I'm telling you, oh, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can tonight, amen. And in the hard times of life, you can find the salvation of the Lord. Let me close here quickly. We find here in verse number 39, what did he find? I want to say he found a supernatural experience in the desert. There's something that happens in verse 39 that had not happened anywhere else at this time. The Bible says, And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip. And the eunuch saw him no more. I don't know about you, but that doesn't happen to a preacher every day. Amen. I know there's a few on TV that's probably said it's happening, but I kindly doubt that. Amen. But I believe this account because it's in the Word of God. Philip goes down into that ba baptism hole, amen, with that sinner, or my friend, with that new believer, and he baptizes him. And when he comes up out of that water, they're coming out talking about the salvation of the Lord. And all of a sudden, the same God that brought him out of there reaches down and just sucks him out. My friend, it's a supernatural experience in the desert. Amen. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Philip did not have that kind of an experience anywhere else before or after. He had to be in the desert. 
I can see Philip in my mind. He's sitting on the front porch. He's an old preacher now. While he's sitting there, one of his grandsons maybe sitting next to him said, Papa, tell us something about what the Lord did in your ministry. He said, well, what do you want to hear? The Bible said he raised some godly girls. And uh, Papa, tell us something the Lord did magnificent. He said, well, I could tell you about that revival down in Samaria. It broke out and I got to preaching and boy, them demons got run out of town. People got healed. They said, oh yeah, we heard about that. Did anything else happen, Papa? He said, well, yeah. I can tell you God sent me out in a desert place one day. Wasn't nobody but me, God, and the sinner. He said, I walked up in that church that day and said, there was that sinner. He said, you won't believe this. He said, he is holding the King James Bible. Amen. He said, I, I was kind of embarrassed because I run off. I got in such a big way. I run off and left my Bible at the house. I didn't have a copy, but said when I got there, said he had Isaiah and was reading it, trying to figure it out. Amen. He said, God said, step in that chariot of Philip and preach to him. And said, he said, grandbaby, I want to tell you something. I got to preaching in that chariot. Wasn't nobody but me and God and that black man. He wouldn't have thought anything would have happened for a hundred miles. But said, God filled that little chariot up that day. Said, that old sinner man got under old time conviction. I felt the breeze of heaven flow over my soul. And said, I preached like I was preaching to a thousand people. And said, he got gloriously saved. Said, we wallowed around that sand just a little while. And he said, come up. And he said, hey, Sir, uh, what would that hinder me from being baptized? Uh, I said, that's pretty good evidence of salvation. Amen. And said, I took him down uh, in that watering hole and said, he got baptized. He said, then you ain't going to believe what happened next. He said, God just sucked me right out of that desert. Can you see that little old grandbaby's eyes about that big around his mouth all the way down? Papa was his hero. I can see him going back to school the next day telling everybody, said, you ain't going to believe what happened to my papa. He's the greatest preacher in the world. But he had to go through a desert to have that kind of an experience. You see, sometimes we look at people and we say, boy, I'd like to be like them. Preachers look at preachers and say, boy, I'd like to be like that man of God. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. You don't know what they had to go through. I can tell you this. God will show His glory, but He won't share His glory with nobody. And if you have the touch of God, you'll have to be broken before you can ever be blessed. And to whom much is given, much is required. And with that requirement, sometimes comes suffering and pain, hard places. You can't wallow in the glory and never walk through the desert. But I want to tell you this, there are experiences that you will never know with God until you first get in some hard places. I close with this thought tonight. Not only did he find a supernatural event, but look at verse number 39. I like verse 39 the way it ends. The Bible says that when the eunuch saw him no more, watch this, he went on his way rejoicing. You know what he found in the desert? He found some shouting in the desert. Amen. And can I tell you something? There's nobody left but the eunuch and God. The preacher's gone. The service has ended. Everything is over with and it's just the eunuch and God. But you know what he's doing? He's having himself a time out there in the desert. 
I mean, out there in the hot, in the hot, in the hazardous, uh, and one of the hardest places, one of the most humbling places, there's nobody to see him run the aisles. There's nobody to watch him jump the pews. Uh, there's no church house to jump in. I mean, he's just wallowing out there in the sand, uh, running up and down the hillsides, uh, uh, shouting the glory of God. Uh, he just rejoiced out in the hardest place, uh, out in the hot place. Uh, you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying what God may want you to do tonight is just stand up right where you're at uh, and have have yourself an old time fit uh, right in the middle of your desert uh, and shout the glory of God uh, one more time, amen. Because can I, can I tell you something tonight? You've never really shouted until you shouted in a desert. Anybody can shout on the mountain. And you can even shout down in the valley because there's some people with you sometimes. But I'll tell you something. When God plugs you in in the desert, I mean when you get out there and you can get in the glory when there ain't nobody or nothing around. When it don't make no difference who's preaching or who's singing or what's happening. I'm telling you, if God ever let you one time have an old-time fashion, old-fashioned Holy Ghost fit out in the middle of nowhere when there's no fruit in your life, uh, when everything's dry and everything's barren, and you just go ahead and shout, Amen, because He's God and because of what He has done rather than what He is doing, uh, uh, then you can say, you can find some shouting in the desert, Amen. I want you to think about this tonight. In John 6, 31, Israel ate man in the desert. In Isaiah 35, 1, the desert, the Bible says, shall bloom as a rose. In Isaiah 40, in verse 3, the Bible says that God built a highway in the desert. In Isaiah 43, 19, God said He'd put streams in the desert. In Jeremiah 2, in verse 6, God led His people through the desert. In Luke 1, 80, John the Baptist spent his whole life in the desert. In Mark or Matthew 14, 13, Jesus healed people in the desert. In verse 15, He fed them in the desert. And in Mark 1, 45, He preached in the desert. In Luke 4, 42, He prayed in the desert. And then in Mark 6, in verse 30 and 31, He showed His disciples how to rest in the desert. You say, what are you saying tonight, preacher? I'm saying this. I don't know where you're at. I may be preaching to one person tonight for all I know. But I dare say in a congregation this size, there's some people that roll in here that if you be real honest, you're in one of the hottest, hardest, most hazardous places in your life. And you need God to do something. And you don't know where he's at. You don't know what he's doing. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, there's still some things you can find. God hadn't left you. Hang on. You say, preacher, what I do? You keep walking. You keep reading that Bible. You keep going to church. You keep telling people about Jesus. You keep doing the things you know to do until you get other orders. And you'll find some things in the desert.